0: may have
2: heard of us. All right, what's up, Onryo? This is Stephen, your host with Phantology Podcast. I have my lifelong friends, Jake, Josh, and Ryan on with me. And we're talking about the sensation Blue Eye Samurai season one out on Netflix, kind of the end of 2023. We watched it and... I'm just gonna, I guess, spoil it right here and say I think it's worth the hype, it was really good. Oh yeah, definitely worth
0: the hype. Steven, you spoiled it when you said it was sensational. You called it sensational. You called it the sensation.
2: I said the sensation, so you know, still a little unclear, like, a sensation could be
0: overrated. Okay.
3: Like fourth wing is a sensation. Is it sensational? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it is not.
0: Good example. Can I agree (laughs) with Steven? I, I thought it was also sensational, even though he didn't say that. I thought it was sensational, too. It was great. Fantastic. Two thumbs up. But yeah, a, nice. lot, a lot of adult content. I'm doing a little, but I mean. I
1: like how it's blurring in between your fingers when you do that. For for you video watchers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely two thumbs up. Definitely a lot of content. I first started watching this. I heard great things. And I was at my mother-in-law's with my brother-in-law watching it and it quickly realized this was not a show for my mother-in-law's living room <laughs> <laughs> wait in the living room like on the
3: tv or like on, yeah, phone. Yeah,
1: yeah. on the tv on the tv
3: that's how you watch
1: TV wow. together man
3: jake jake man that is <laughs> i didn't check
1: the i didn't check the content rating so check it check it
3: yeah i agree with all of you guys it was great I, I think that none of us have super big anime bona feed fide, bonafides, bona fides, however you say that. Bona fides Bonafides. Yeah. I think we're we're trying to get into it outside of phantology. Me and Jake and Ryan with some of our other friends are doing like a watch through of like that are way more into anime are doing like a watch through full metal full metal alchemist. Anyway, we're Brilliant. trying like I'm personally trying to become more, you know, become cool. more Cheers. Culture, yeah, more cultured and just yeah. open to this uh, th- this way of telling stories. Well, no, because because for me, I've always struggled with traditional, quote unquote, traditional anime. Kind of like the the Dragon Ball. I, I I did end it. I ended up really liking Avatar, which I know a lot of people say is an anime, but like a lot of those anime that have really like the. You didn't grow up on, on your Pokemon face... and Yu Gi Oh, and I did. I grew up on Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, but quickly like. Like I grew up on them and then stopped watching them when it's I was like, them childish. Mm.
1: Eleven When you were a child, kind of enjoyed yeah, childish well, things. Yeah. Yeah. Not I that mean, you are a man. Yeah.
3: I don't <laughs> want to call these things childish because like I know a lot of people really like them. And like
1: <laughs> But that is a stigma it gets in general, right? But I would say blue-eyed samurai is nothing along those lines. Well, that's
3: what I kind of struggle with because I see anime like <laughs> blue-eyed samurai. And other things like I know again like Invincible isn't really anime, but it kind of has. I don't similar... think
1: Blue eyed Samurai would be considered anime either. I just Is want to be clear, that? guys. No, it's uh, it's
3: Blue Eye Samurai.
2: I would say blue-eyed. eyed.
1: That's that's my that's my bad. Yeah,
2: the listeners are gonna get mad at us, so I just got to say it at least once. Yeah. We'll make the mistake again, but you know, it yeah. in the comments. Well, oh,
3: I'm over here completely like de- like messing up genres of things.
2: Yeah, and I'm upset about an extra D, but yeah, go
0: ahead. <laughs> you, anyway, you're, you're correct, Jake i would say this show is anime inspired yeah or influenced
1: similar to avatar in that and i think
0: i i fall uh yeah a lot in line with josh in that i i've struggled to get into like traditional anime i i've tried to watch them a few times and i i don't know it's just not it hasn't really been my thing but like the westernized anime i guess i'll call them like that aren't really like traditional anime, like Avatar and Blue Eye Samurai. Those are the only ones off the top of my head that I've watched. Those are great. So I don't know. Maybe I I'm trying to put my finger on what what exactly about the traditional format that I don't like. I think it's the
1: specific type of anime that, as Americans, we've been exposed to, like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Dragon Ball, and even Full octopus Brotherhood and Things like that where there's like more of a silly aspect to it. But if you watch other anime like Ghost in the Shell or Studio Ghibli or Akira, like those are like like really di- those are just really different vibes than those.
3: But like I watched like I watch like Death Note, but it was pretty similar to like Full Metal, where it's pretty silly. I've, I've yeah. I tried watching a little bit of One Piece and it was very similar. Yeah, to... which
1: which which I'm saying, like that is like the Yeah there's just obviously a wide spectrum of like genres
3: and yeah i'm going like the most popular ones which are maybe the ones that have those type of aspects but still i still haven't anyway this is all kind of really not germane too because we are here to talk about blue eye samurai and it's like
1: which is not anime but it's adjacent to it and it's
2: amazing okay so having established whatever credentials were established (laughs) and all of that (laughs) we 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 liked the show and I think one cool thing about it we'll get into just kind of an overview it's written by husband and wife team that's that's kind of just a fun little trivia in the background that. yeah uh so who would like this who do we recommend this to
0: i think people like us who have grown up enjoying things like avatar the last airbender and or or maybe have been exposed to dragon ball z or uh, I, I don't know. I grew up things watching things like that and Samurai Jack, which is an anime. Samurai Jack played a lot of Pokemon.
2: So open to stories told through an anime or comic medium rather than you know just requiring live actors. I think obviously that's going to be required. But then like anyone who wants a good story, because yeah, yeah, you, it's just yeah a, when you get yeah. past the whole anime thing that we've focused on so far, the story is really fantastic. Great characters really cool action scenes. The The animation yeah. itself is done really well.
1: And the choreography of all the fight scenes. Spectacular. I think making
3: sure that the person is okay with a lot of violence yeah. um, and the other adult aspects of the show. I think, you know, that is a kind of a niche. A lot of people are just turned off by like extreme violence, which is like yeah. an aspect of the show a lot. Like it's, it's like hyper stylized violence. You know what I yeah. mean? Like
1: Tarantino is if you're, it's like an animated Tarantino. Or like,
3: yeah yeah in exactly. terms
1: not in terms of like the wittiness and like the dialogue, dialogue yeah. but just in terms of like uh the stylized A
3: 100 percent, yeah and it's like violence and the way that violence is committed is like a key part of the story or kind of kind of like uh like john wick almost you know where yeah, john it's wick, like yeah 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 probably or more like similar to john wick than uh Terry yeah Terry but, Terry. but like some of these are just like you have to be okay with like elements of the story being told through violence and the way that violence is committed and the way that characters interact with violence.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you like, if you were to edit those aspects out of the show, you'd still have a good story, but the storytelling would be.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's at least two episodes that basically span an entire fight with some other storytelling methods mixed Mm -hmm. in. So that would be you wouldn't be able to unravel it without that element
1: yeah also anyone who's a uh sucker for a good revenge story yeah I think if you're into yeah. Count of Monte Cristo Besser cold Django Unchained refer back to uh yeah I
2: read uh Abercrombie's year year end year end of 2023 blog post and he said this was a show that he really liked and something like who knew that I would have gone for a show with a strong female lead revenge story
1: (laughs) that's funny george r R. martin also wrote about blue eye samurai and how it Mm. was his favorite i think i don't know i think favorite tv show 23 so if you're into (laughs) fantasy turns out you're into uh this there isn't there aren't many like which is weird because it's not really fantastic yeah yeah there's i've seen some debates online about whether the main character is an onryo or not or however you pronounce that
3: yeah it definitely wouldn't surprise Mm -hmm. me if there if there is fantastical elements more introduced later but it takes place in like 1600s japan kind of in the backdrop
2: of real history but nothing that happens is actual real history like one of the episodes has a big fire in ito which is tokyo and there was a big fire that year but it was not you know did not play out in the way that you actually saw on the screen so like in that sense it's it's not fantasy yeah. it's it's like historical fiction fiction I yeah. guess I'd say it's the closest
1: and I think I think historically to give like a rundown of the plot like four Englishmen are being hunted down by the main character and historically it wouldn't be the English it would be the Portuguese who mm. had established
2: who were in Japan at
1: that time well, in Japan uh, yeah. do
0: we know all of them as be, I guess they're all white because I mean they're all European yeah they're all European yeah.
2: I read a little bit like Dutch traders would have been allowed at the time. Yeah. But no one else. So, I mean, sure, like the story could have happened and there was like actually kind of tales of a samurai that was half white, half Japanese. And so it's kind of like based on stuff that, like, you know, sure, like could have happened, but it's obviously a story. But it's
1: it's not like you're basing it off of a historical figure or anything like that.
2: So that said, uh, let's let's talk about the show a little bit more. Some specific plot details. So if you haven't watched it, go go check it out. We recommend it. It was sensational, according to Ryan.
1: (laughs) I I think the violence is sensational, but (laughs) if you like. All
2: right. So, uh, what were some favorite standout parts of characters, or just like what comes to your
0: mind when you look back on the show? I loved everything with the sword maker and. the aspects of like forging the katanas that went into it and, you know, kind of how it's symbolic of the blue eye samurai uh mm. mizu Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. And you know how it's symbolic of her. And I, I watched the English, I mean, I was going to say the English dub version, but it is in English. So it's not, it's not considered dubbed, um, but I love the voice actor of the sword maker and, so I don't know that I thought his whole character was great. Yeah, they, I think they did a
1: really good job with the the sword maker, like talking about the prejudice and the like what it would be like to be someone of mixed race, like in just time and just in general. Like, I think that was a really good way to encapsulate those themes and like characterization.
2: Yeah, the backstory really kind of kept it together as we went through the story. I think it doled out more information at the right time it kind of had like a like a stormlight archive feel to it a little bit where you know present day past obviously that's not you know you need to start archive but I just keep to mind at the moment
1: yeah like there's one episode how many like what are we doing with spoilers
2: we're just talking about the show go for it just so okay. all spoilers all
1: spoilers yeah. all right the the brothel fight scene episode where you get flashback to her having been married previously like mm-hmm. that was like out of left field but also done in such a way that like it was it fit her character you know i don't i didn't expect her to have ever been married before and then all of a sudden right. you find out she was and you're like trying to figure out like what happened and then anyways super well done with those flashbacks similar to stormlight that
0: way I mean, before that, I wasn't certain, like, almost like whether she was capable of romantic love.
1: Same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it was I I thought that was, you know, it added an interesting depth to the character that, you know, before that point, before that point, you just really had you had no idea that that was there. And then I think after that was introduced, you started to see more and more hints of who she was in her past.
2: And it yeah. helped add more more uh, flavor to the whole part of her character that was so fixated on the revenge. And kind of up till that point, you thought, oh, this story could turn and kind of become more of a redemption for Mizu type thing. Or like maybe she gets off the revenge and goes off on something else. But I think that really legitimized the decision to have her be completely focused on vengeance and like nothing else at this point.
1: Yeah, because she had, she basically like, given it her all to have a normal life and right
2: like she had already made that attempt at the peaceful yeah. arc and so now it makes more sense for her to not Be try Fully to get...
1: committed and double down yeah. on it yeah While at the same time they the like she had a good growth arc too like they i think they did a really good job of showing mm-hmm. it wasn't a like a 180 like account of monte cristo or something like that um in terms of like i don't know full-on goals but it there was definitely growth to it and then the ending like what did you i mean i don't know if we should skip to the end but just speaking of character growth the way it ends with her sailing to london with fowler like i feel like that was an intriguing way to show like almost a regression you know of growth it's like on one hand she didn't kill him and maybe you could see growth that way but on the other hand she somehow believed him and is going to London with him. She thinks that's the right way to go.
0: Right. And it shows maybe in certain ways, she's a little naive in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't so, know how you yeah. could ever trust Abijah Fowler to help you out in any way that I'm not turning, not double cross Especially
2: you. going like, you know, not to the seat of his power. Cause he obviously doesn't own London, but you're, you're basically taking the fight his turf that you've never been to before and it also happens to be you know the capital of the world at the time and full of stuff that you have no idea how to handle yeah yeah although i'm sure she'll be you know quite capable i'm assuming assuming she makes it to london i don't even know like do you think that they're really gonna uproot season two and put it all the way out in london after establishing japan is so the other characters are also gonna go because like you can't no i, th- I don't think th- I you think can separate split. them the whole time
1: i think they'll split i think they'll show a kemi's uh machinations i think that'll Akemi be able
2: rise too. to power take over japan and there will be a huge mizu in london versus a kemi in japan battle <laughs> yeah that's that that would be bad that would be a bad story i don't want that
1: i i don't understand how the show is able to like make almost every fight scene better than the last. The end of episode 1 fighting Taigen, like that was such a cool like um intro to the the fighting, the choreography, but then you get the the brothel fight and then you get the storming the tower fight. That whole mm-hmm. montage, that was very uh Samurai jack-esque to me where it's like feeling supernatural cuz she's drugged and like all these traps and,
0: and it, it was so cool. I you left how... out the fight with the four fangs.
1: Oh yeah, the fight with the four fangs which too was on the also, cliff side.
0: Which was also cool cuz she fought that the guy with the broken blade that she had yeah. forged. Yep. Yeah. He had stolen.
1: I like that uh I feel like this is feels like anime <laughs> in terms of story writing. How in the flashbacks you hear him laugh and he always laughs the same way and it's kind of weird, but then you realize oh they're doing this so that way like he has a tell later on. Yeah. That felt, that, I liked that though. Yeah, but yeah, the fights were so cool. So
2: from those four, well, maybe we said more than four, from those options, which uh, fight was your favorite?
1: Probably storming the tower. It was just so intense.
2: That one was stressful because she was getting injured as she went. And like, I don't know. I I feel like every time a character gets injured in the way that she did, like she should have been laid up in bed for a week, but she presses on and it's just really stressful because you're like, no way can she continue in this state? But she does, which you kind of have to suspend disbelief a, a bit yeah, but it also adds to the tension
1: she got that embryo in her that's why
3: yeah Ryan. i feel like the storming the tower kind of reminded me of like cradle fight scenes a little bit you know a pretty simple goal and then just like he has to push through like one boss after the next, after the next kind of
0: yeah and and it's kind of like what steven says almost to the point of disbelief where you're like they this character has you know been injured like they haven't healed, and then you know the next scene, they're back on their feet, moving forward, and you're like, yeah. well, yeah, you know, you just kind of have to go with the story. So must have been
2: uh, some kind of healing in those psychedelics as well. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, they they definitely ride that line of like she's doing too much, and I'm I haven't heard anyone accuse her of being a Mary Sue, which I think like is fair to discuss but at the same time the the way the story is done i think it's pulled off where you don't feel that way i don't know what do you guys think about that
3: no because she actually gets beat up like that's the thing is she actually takes, takes yeah
1: but up. but she takes like what would be mortal wounds you know and yeah
0: and
2: takes but, on yeah. 40 to 50 compared, compared, you compared know, to other people trained fighters at once yeah
3: yeah, yeah, but it, it feels earned though. Go ahead. It Ernie. does feel earned.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I felt like that is, you know, part of the anime influence is that mm-hmm. you really play with the power level of the main character sometimes, in, in which yeah. it's like at times they can take on 40 different guards and then like keep on running. At other times, it's like two people take, like, come walk up behind, sneak up behind the main character and hit him over the head and knock him out. And you're like, it's kind of hard to have the both uh, the, like, yeah. you know, the, the same character being capable of both. But I do, I do, as I've watched some more of the um, like the full metal alchemist brotherhood, I, it seems, you know, like very much an aspect is, uh, you know, at times you power level up the char- the main character. Other times you make them weaker, just kind of depending on the situation and what what story the author wants to tell.
3: I
1: will say probably the most unrealistic was the tower scene, just because she had to fight through so much. And I I think part of that feeling earned is you see her have to, like, recover for so long afterwards, you know? So you do see, like, full effects of that. And the adrenaline is just so high in the moment, you want her to keep going. It's not... Again, it feels feels like the character has earned that as well as, like, the story deserves this continuation.
0: Um, I will say that That has kind of capped off one of the things that I I felt a little bit sad from this season was that I feel like she didn't have a a fair fight with Abijah Fowler. You know, he's he's kind of played as being like an expert swordsman and he's like trained in weapons till he's bored. I was really hoping there would be, you know, an epic showdown Mm. like on close to even footing between them.
2: Yeah, I mean they fought for a while until the the town until so Tokyo started burning down.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true, but in that case, like she was sort of pursuing him, right? I it I don't wasn't like a duel, like it, yeah, it didn't feel like a straight Taigen. up fair duel.
1: Yeah, I think I think they established he's a better swords person. She is. Right? How was she like, winning mm-hmm. in that in that fight? Didn't in come in at the end and help, and then? She told him to leave to go help Akemi. So it was like 2v1 for a minute, and then things were on fire.
2: It was a lot back and forth. The the scales were tipping both ways the whole time. Okay. I mean, it was a fun fight, but you're right. It was not a straight-up awesome duel where it seemed like anything could happen. Like There were certainly some uh, restrictions placed upon the whole thing.
1: My understanding of the world building is a straight-up 1v1 she would lose against.
2: Mm. Which seems maybe a little unbelievable based on how many people we saw her take out like yeah but
1: did you see the the flower cut he did
2: yeah yeah <laughs> i i think i mean yeah it's like kind of earned but at the same time it's it was a little unbelievable the number of people that she was taking out and i didn't feel like she like her training consisted of you know training in the practice yard for years like i, I don't feel like that's anything I special mean, compared to what other people are getting in terms of training she, she's got she's watching cool all the
0: different forms of like you know even like the ones the that gojos forms. yeah keep yeah. secret
2: yeah. i don't know i it didn't really seem like she had more opportunities than the other average japanese uh person that wanted to be a samurai
1: i took that as her like learning a lot of different techniques and then the time after she left was her like perfecting it it wasn't like that's all the training she had um also like, I don't think anyone else was as dedicated as she was to... Yeah, I like, think you're supposed to really skills. get
2: behind the whole vengeance, maniacal drive that she has towards all Like, of she's this.
1: like, I, I don't want to be happy in life. I just want to get my yeah. revenge, and that's it.
2: Right, right. Let's go on to a different character. Let's talk about Tygen and or Akemi, because they obviously kind of connect.
0: I really liked Tigan's character. Yeah, he's giving me major... Zuko vibes mm-hmm.
1: from
2: Avatar. <laughs> I've seen enough Avatar to, to get that reference at least.
0: Yeah, he, he definitely does give Zuko vibes. And especially in the beginning where he's kind of using Akemi, you know, he, he's very deceitful. And he's a bully. Yeah, he's he, he bullied uh, Mizu. I guess he does seem to change a little bit qu- too quickly, in my opinion, towards like becoming a little bit more honorable.
3: Mm.
0: And so maybe that aspect of his character, I I wasn't super happy about like, I think, I think the great thing about Zuko's development in Avatar was that, you know, it it took place over three seasons. And there were a lot of times where he made the wrong decision. So it's like, he was kind of like progressing as a character. And but he would have significant setbacks. Backs, And I mean, it's like just over one season, eight episodes so far. Tigan has just like made a huge change as a character.
1: I don't see him as not being honorable to start. Like he would bully Mizu, but everyone like it wasn't it wasn't so much as like, oh, he's a bully to her. Like everyone viewed her that way. But when she re-encounters him as an adult, like he was still an honorable person, but his honor and glory is like, it's like more him focusing on obtaining glory and then realizing he doesn't need to, rather than being a good person so much. Like, I think he was still like, a like, I don't think he was like using a Akemi in the same way. I think he just realized now that he has been shamed, he'd have to go like reclaim that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I guess I'm more basing it off of the fact that with Akemi, he was playing like this, you know, like humble person who was so excited to marry her. But then when she leaves and he was with like other members of his dojo, he was kind of like, oh, like, let me put my arms around these other women and, you know, like talk about yeah. how I'm going to marry this princess and be so great. It, it kind of seemed like somebody who was, Using Akemi, and Akemi was like, mm. you know, giving up everything or like doing everything she could to marry him, whereas his love seemed disingenuous.
1: Mm. I just took that to be the sexism of the time, not to excuse it, but I didn't think it diminished his actual interest in Akemi. But oh. yeah,
0: yeah, I guess that 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 could be. I'm applying, you know, my modern lens to a uh... yeah very very uh sexist world
1: i was applying my all men are pigs lens mm.
0: So
2: <laughs> i think honestly my favorite part of the whole season i mean the fights were all awesome but i tend to like character stuff more and when akemi and tygen's arcs crossed like on the bridge in episode eight where all of a sudden she was the one that was focused on you know the power and he was the one wanting to mm-hmm. kind of Retire and live a happy life. Like I, I thought that was really cool and well done.
1: And there's lots of themes of like, like sexism and like racism and everything in the show. And I think it like causes an interesting discussion of like, like him being a man in that society. He can decide he wants to just like settle down and like he can make that choice. But in order for her to like have a choice in her life, she has to go pursue this power. If that makes sense like anyways like she can't she can't just choose to like settle down in a way she'd want to her choosing to not fight for power is being told what to
2: and that was kind of what her mentor yeah Seko, something like that was was drilling into her over and over i don't yeah. remember what his phrase was but but then you know it kind of came along nicely by the end too where he was like you know i'm i'm proud of you go your own way
0: yeah and then tragically so, died yeah. I kind of had a different interpretation of Akemi at the end and maybe mine was totally wrong, but I kind of thought her character was, you know, becoming maybe a little bit more nefarious there at the end because, you know, her father had kind of caged her and like used her in order to like, you know, accomplish his means of, of of gaining power. But at the end, when the roles were reversed, she was willing to do the exact same things to him, you know, where she was like, I think my father should be placed under my care. So he, Mm. I mean, I think she's hinting Mm. at the fact that she's going to be, you know, using him same way. I think she
1: is going to be using him. I saw that more as revenge, less that she's turning nefarious in general. But I could see her, I could see her going down that path of like, in order to have control over my life i have to be as ruthless as player it seems right? like a
2: daenerys targaryen type path that's a good um you'll good... see how you'll see how dark it goes
1: what's the uh oh ringo ringo's so great
2: yeah such
0: a such a pure soul
2: yeah he adds you know just enough levity to the show to yeah. really make it click
0: he, he is a combination of Poe the the panda and his noodle dream <laughs> And uh yeah. Podrick Podrick Payne from Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. with his yeah. devotion. Uh, well, I was thinking with the prostitutes. Yeah, yeah there's that. <laughs> that, there's <did>. that too.
1: <laughs> I love the as much levity as he does bring and like just goodness. I loved when he basically chastised Mizu after giving a Kemi back to her father's guards. Like, you're no samurai, even though she told him, like, I'm not a samurai. Like I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be whatever. Like, I love that he, like, chastised her in that way because he was, like, trying to be a samurai's aide or whatever and realizing, like, she wasn't that for him. And I love how that, like, struck a chord in her, even though it didn't, like, I don't know. It was just done so well where it's, like, she was like, yeah, I'm not a samurai. I don't care. But then episodes later, she started to realize mm-hmm. that she should care about her.
2: it. struck a chord a little bit to the point where you saw some cracks in her yeah. character you know in, in her stone face stone heart character but at the end of the day not enough yeah. to actually inspire any real meaningful change
1: well i think it did by the end of the series
2: well like, not in any like decision that you can point to would you say well
1: she decided to have help and like she, okay like, well, yeah, okay saying, okay accepting help at just least a little bit and her goal wasn't just revenge at the end it was to also save Akemi and save the shogunate okay you know that's fair, um, but then it, but then, at the very end, she her going to London, I think you can argue whether that is regressing yeah, back. To, yeah,
2: no, good point, good point that she did seem to be a little altruistic by the end, but still obviously and, serving her own purposes, so it's like and I feel like there's enough change, yeah, to, it, to be realistic,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely enough change, and like like at the end where kagan had to convince her no, you need to go after Fowler, even though she was like, wait, we have to help everything else that's going on. He's like, no, you still need to go after Fowler. Whereas without that change, she wouldn't need to be yeah. kind to that.
0: So I have a question for Steven, my fellow romantic. Yeah. Do you think that um, Mizu and Tigen will end up with each other? I wasn't asking you, Jake. <laughs> don't shake your head.
2: There definitely are some uh, some hints, right? I-, I feel like that was, I feel like that more served to complement the backstory of M- mizu's previous marriage that ended in a disaster i don't i don't see it no i don't, I don't
1: see you it don't happening see it happening no it, i i could see it happening i could see it it's a possibility for sure i think it's at this point like 50 50 on whether it will happen i hope it doesn't i think it's better storytelling if it doesn't
0: why why is that
1: it's it's like too
0: cliche it Doesn't like quite make sense
1: and they don't really have other than it being like oh we i like we became friends you know and like other than that what does he have to offer her what does she have to offer him you know most of her character growth has happened through ringo some of his character growth has happened through her that's true but like i don't know it's what does
0: he have to offer her i think that he has to offer her somebody who who grows to love her and see her for who she is, rather than, you know, love or marrying her out of convenience, and then and then loving her. But once he realizes like who she like her, you know, her skill in combat, like rejects her like her last husband. He loves her for who she truly is, which I think she's searching for that like acceptance and like you yeah. know almost a family.
1: But also he doesn't he doesn't even know she's a woman yeah that's true so that could that could completely mm-hmm. like he respects her ability as a sword fighter now but will he see that as something to respect if when he finds out she's a woman or will he be as appalled as
0: her husband will we
2: have a mulan situation or not
0: <laughs> i mean that's yeah. why she hasn't told him so far right <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think that it's bad it's a bad story if they end up or It would be worse for the story if they end up together.
2: It could grow to that, I guess. But for now, I don't. I just, I I don't see it.
1: I think him getting back with Akemi being better.
2: Yeah, it could go that way. Growing towards that. I don't know. I can't. After one season, I don't really see a super happy romance in the cards for anyone. It seems like a darker story.
1: A lot of people are shipping Akemi and Mizu based off (laughs) of that glance Mizu gives Akemi when she's like getting Uh, pulled into town (laughs) that's what i thought at first too i was like i thought they had some sort of history which which
0: team does mizu bat for and i guess the answer is maybe both of them possibly we're low
2: on time but i want to throw out one other thing one thing that i didn't like as much as we said a lot of positive i felt like the whole escalation of the conflict at the end where all of a sudden fowler was marching on tokyo or Ido with this huge army that he kind of picked up. And like, I know that things were set up a little bit, but it just seemed like all of a sudden this dude is out of, not only out of prison, but he's commanding the largest army in the area. They're taking Ido, which is, which is defended by like 50 warriors. And I don't know, it just felt a little strange, like it yeah. felt a little unbalanced. It wasn't quite the story that I thought we were going for. Well, he got the shogunates
1: like, le- like lower or lords or whatever to betray him. Right. To betray the yeah. shogunate. And so like that's how I chalked up where he got the army and how he was able to like hide it because they would have just assumed it was part of the shogunate's army. Yeah,
2: I think you know it kind of makes sense, but I just feel it was escalated really quickly to the point yeah. where all of a sudden the story was not quite how what I had envisioned for six yeah. or seven episodes.
0: I think it I agree. It accelerated really fast. I want to tell you about a story that happened to me this week. In which I'm watching uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I'm like, on episode like 13 or 14, I'm like, wow, I must be getting to the end of the first season. There's
1: no, and seasons, then I look man. at how
0: many seasons, <laughs> or, and there's one season, and it has there's, 128 yeah. episodes. I'm like,
1: no, 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 it has 54 or 64 episodes.
3: Yeah, it's. Oh, they, they okay. Okay. It has done sorry. Sub.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It has 64 episodes. You're That's really good. close That's to the lot, end, Ryan. That's, That's a lot better a lot that uh, i mean yeah that that is definitely better but I, it could definitely use some brevity so i think yeah they need to learn from each other a little bit all right
1: well again it's just the source material of full metal alchemist brotherhood is like a comic you know yeah that's true comic series so it's, it's much more serialized
2: i think my main issue sorry i'm gonna i got one more point on this thing is i feel like the big point of all this was that Fowler has the guns and the guns are great to neutralize, you know, to give yourself a leg up if you're disadvantaged or you have a smaller army and you have a technology yeah. uh, superiority, right? So when you've got the guns, but you've also got three times as many warriors, People. it just kind of, it's like, yeah. I felt like it would have been cooler to storm in with 50 and take down a huge army because all of a sudden they've got the guns. It's like, holy crap, this European dude With the technology, he's a big problem. But it's just like not quite there. Like it's mostly there, but it's just a little off. Yeah, I didn't really think much about it. That's my storytelling thing.
1: I think if you do think about it, there's probably some holes to holes in the story there. Anyway, uh any final words? Really good show. Not for your
3: mother in law's living room. Yeah, not for your mother in law's (laughs) living room. Definitely (laughs) deserves all the hype it's getting though, I'd say. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I watched Daniel Green's like end of the year awards. I don't remember where it ended up. It was probably second or third in the yeah. best TV show. I'm pretty sure the last of us won that category, but it was, that was, the it was same up there. Year.
0: It'll yeah. be interesting to see if they can maintain that level of success. Um, in the second yeah. Yeah. season,
2: it came out of nowhere. And so like no one really had any expectations. I had heard about it yeah, from, no. I think Jake at first. And then from yeah, another Jake, friend I heard
0: about and... it from Jake first. Yeah. Wait, I heard trendset. about it
1: in passing. Craig and Grant had watched it. I was like, playing Baldur's Gate with them and Kurt's like I'm almost done with Blue-Eye Samurai never heard of it before then but it's amazing
2: a true word of mouth grassroots movement here
1: very grassroots
2: <laughs> alright thanks for tuning in if you want to see more from us you can check out our Discord which is in the episode description and our website which has every other place that you would want to see anthology stuff see you guys later
0: peace bye